The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. The sun is up.
as you appeared to your disciples on that first Easter day, O Lord, help us this Easter day to hear your word and to see your eternal truths. You have given us so much. Help us this day to claim the power of the resurrection. Even now as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life we who are in Christ have only hope, we are of all men most to be pitied. But if in fact Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, for as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. I tell you this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Lo, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.
Let us come before our God in prayer. Our Father and our God, on this day of wonder and amazement, we have no words to adequately express our feelings. We can only bow our heads in humble thanks for the gift that you have given us. Your Son, Jesus Christ, came and walked among us. And he showed us by his teaching and his example how we should live our lives. He then demonstrated his love for us by going to the cross as a final atonement for our sins. Our existence has taken on a new meaning because of his coming. We no longer need to fear death. For we know that death will only be a doorway to your kingdom. Christ himself defeated death by rising from the tomb on that first Easter morning. As your people, as your children, we say, Hallelujah. He is risen. Lord, help us to be worthy of your Son. We ask that you would bless our efforts to honor him by joining together in his church. Let us gather into a community that truly preaches and teaches about Jesus Christ and the meaning of the cross. Let us offer the fellowship of our Savior to every living person, not only here in Bakerstown, but throughout the world. We pray for this church. Give wisdom and energy to its pastors and its leaders and to its people. Grant that each one of us would demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our places of work, everywhere that we meet fellow human beings. Father, our hearts go out on this Easter morning to all who are ill, to all those who are unable to be with us for any reason. We pray that the warmth and the joy and the hope of this service commemorating Christ's resurrection would reach out to everyone who loves him, reach out through our radio ministry, through the visitations of our deacons and our pastors and through word of mouth one Christian telling another that Jesus Christ is Lord and that his spirit lives in us all we bring this prayer of thanksgiving and praise to you in the name of our risen Savior Jesus Christ Amen. Good morning and welcome to Easter Sunday worship at the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown.
As always, we would ask that you take part with us in the ritual of friendship. Sign one of the little white cards that you find in a few racks and place it in the offering plate when it comes around. There are several announcements. Uh, all the announcements are in your bulletins, but there are several we'd like to emphasize this morning. First, Christine Green will be conducting a woman's chorus, which will be taking place in the next few weeks, starting Wednesday at 12.30 in the afternoon. All women of the church, regardless of their singing abilities, are invited to come and join with this women's chorus. On Wednesday evening at 7.30, the Women's Association dessert meeting will be held in the plantation room. All women of the church are invited, and everyone is asked to uh, call the church office by noon on Tuesday for reservations. And finally, all those who are interested in summer camp this summer are reminded that registration will be received immediately after the service in room 106. At this time, the ushers will receive the Easter offerings and gifts. Father, we cannot help but feel a sense of wonder, a sense of mystery at the events of that first holy week so long ago. Your only Son died for our sins. And on that glorious Easter morning, he arose again from the dead. We dedicate these gifts and we dedicate our lives to you in his name. Amen. On this rather dark Easter morn, hear the words of God concerning that first resurrection day. Matthew, the last chapter, the 28th one, beginning at the first verse. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, 
For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Lo, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Hail! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go. And tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Amen and amen. Jesus, the Son of God, is up. That's the eternal message of Easter. And when God raised up his son from the dead on that first Easter day, he did two things. First, he confirmed everything, absolutely everything that Jesus said and did. You see, when this Jesus came to the earth, he made some great claims about himself. When he began his ministry, he said that he was the king of kings. He was the one, the king who came down from heaven to show people and tell people how to live. He claimed to be the savior of all mankind, that by going out and on the suffering of the cross, he would make atonement for the sin of the whole world. And through that sacrificial death, we would be redeemed forever. He also said that he is the Lord of all life and will enter into anyone who is willing to allow him to enter by that person feeding upon the eternal word and the actions of Jesus Christ. Now, those are bold claims. People didn't know whether or not to believe him or not. Some people said that he was a madman. Other people said he was the Messiah. Some people took those claims and said Jesus was insane. Other people said, no, he's the Son of God. And then came that Black Friday that now we can call good. But then nobody really knew for sure if he was who he said he was and could he do the things that he said he would do. And then came Easter morning. Thank God, praise God for Easter morning. And on that day, God raised up his son, Jesus Christ. And in doing so, he gave to the world once and for all the confirmation that truly this Jesus, this Jesus who came down as king, who went out as savior, who comes in as Lord, this Jesus is truly the son of God who has risen, who is up and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence 
he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. In Easter, we have God's proof, God's confirmation that Jesus truly is the Son of God, and that brings to completion all the dimensions of the gospel. But on Easter, God did more than that. He gave unto us light, light unto those disciples and anyone who will look at that light, light that shines and shows us the way to eternal life. God gave that light. When Jesus came down at Christmas, he confirmed it at Easter. Jesus was a light coming into the world, and whosoever would follow after him should not walk in darkness but have the light of life. On that Easter, God gave to us the eternal light of one of his truths so that we could see, we and those people could see forever, that there is absolutely nothing, no obstacle, nothing that God cannot move or use in the life of a person who's trying to do the will of God. Absolutely nothing can serve as a permanent obstacle. God can move anything and use anything in the life of a person who's really trying to do the will of God. Jesus, throughout his earthly ministry, had been trying to teach a lesson that's so hard for people to learn. With human beings, there are things that are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And if an individual is trying to fulfill the intended will of God, there is absolutely no obstacle whatsoever that God cannot remove and use to perfect that will. We see this on Easter morning. Women, according to Matthew, come out to the sepulcher. And as they came, they were disgruntled, anxious, troubled, and worried. And for this reason, you see, in ancient biblical times, when somebody was to be buried, they didn't put them in a grave in the ground, but rather in a tomb or a cave in a hillside. And some of those tombs were as big as our average-sized dining room. And there was a door that was always high enough for a person to enter erect. And always at the of that entranceway, there was a, a shallow trough about 12 to 18 inches wide that, that ran the whole length of the entranceway. And then over here to the side was one huge, heavy, hard-to-handle circular stone which was fitted down on its edge into the groove. And then after the body was interred, Many, many hands would be used to roll that stone over in front of the entranceway and seal the tomb. And those women who came to the sepulcher early on that first Easter morn were worried, wondering, perplexed, and anxious, who will roll away the stone for us? And then they came to the cemetery. And lo and behold, they could see in the first rays of the breaking dawn of that first Easter that the stone was already rolled away. And what's more, a messenger of the Lord was sitting upon it as you would sit upon a stool. He was using it. There is for a person who is trying to do the will of God, absolutely no obstacle that God cannot move or use. And that 
is a ter- an eternal message of Easter and how thrilled and what new confidence that should give to those of us today who are hitting our heads up against stone walls, who are someplace between a rock and a hard place. We don't know how it's going to work out. We just don't know what to do. We're trying to do the will of God, but some sickness, some grief, some trouble, some stone is in our way. Hear the words of Easter. For a person who's trying to do the will of God, there is absolutely no obstacle that God cannot move. And if you have that faith, God can even move mountains of stone. And if he does not move that stone in your life, be assured that he will use it. If he doesn't move the stone, for those who are trying to do the will of God, it means he has a purpose to use that stone. Let us remember that Jesus Christ was one who knew what stones were like in his life, and the biggest, heaviest, hardest moving stone he had to deal with was the cross. And he went to God in the garden and he said, Please, Father, remove this stone from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And God, who could have easily taken away that cross from Jesus, he said no to his own son, because God had a plan for that particular sign of crucifixion. And we should be most thankful that God said no to Jesus, because God took that cross, that stone, and upon it he built the cornerstone of the whole Christian faith. And as Paul says it, that cross, though it is a stumbling stone to many people. For those who believe it, it is the power of salvation. The sun is up. And because the sun, Jesus Christ, is up, we can have confirmation in the light to be able to see in the darkest hours of the early morn. That there's absolutely, for a person who's trying to do the will of God, no obstacle whatsoever that God cannot either move or use to perfect his will. Because the sun is up, we can get light in another message as well. We can have light to perceive that there is light beyond the grave. I doubt very much whether any of those disciples had ever been in a tomb before, but they were on Easter. They were on Easter because the messenger of the Lord made them go in. Come, see the place where he lay, because that angel wanted the people to see, as he wants us to see the eternal truth, that no one is there. He is not here. He is risen. And he wanted us to tie that together with the message of Jesus who said, Because I live, you shall live also. In other words, he wants us to know that beyond the grave there is life. There is life beyond life. Death is not the end. Grave does not have the victory. There is life beyond life. And please hear me clearly. I am not talking about reincarnation. The Christian does not believe in reincarnation. He believes in resurrection. And there's a difference. We don't come back to this earth in the form of some other animal. We go to a new life beyond life, beyond the grave. That's resurrection. And Jesus wants us to know that. He tried to preach it in his life. Because I live, you shall live also. Everybody, every one of us, everybody who has ever lived or will live, will live beyond the grave. 
and make no doubt about that in your minds. There is life beyond life. He wants us to know that. And he wants us to see where it is that we can meet Jesus face to face. That's a light, an eternal light that God gave to us on that Easter day. The how and the where. We and everybody else on the resurrection day will be able to see Jesus face to face. And I believe it's in this passage where the angel said unto the women, after making them go in to see that there is life after life and that death is not the end, but that everyone shall have some kind of life after death. That angel of the Lord said unto the women, He is not here. He is risen. Go tell the disciples. Tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Galilee, that little providence in the northern part of modern-day Israel, is that where we are told that we shall meet face-to-face -face Jesus Christ in his resurrected form? I think it means this. Galilee? Remember who it was to whom the angel was speaking. It was Mary Magdalene. And Mary was from that particular little town that is up in the north or the southwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee, Magdala. The other Mary, we believe, was the mother of James, and she also was a Galilean. The disciples, when you check their home addresses, most if not all of them came from Galilee. It was Galilee that they called home. It was Galilee where they had met Jesus. It was Galilee where they had left their wives and their husbands and their friends. It was Galilee that was home. And what the angel of the Lord was saying unto these women, Go home, go home. And when you go home or are on the way of going home, you will see Jesus face to face. And when you understand that it's at home or going home, that's where you come to meet the resurrected Lord, please, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind where our home is. Our home is not this world. Our home is not where we are living these three score year and ten or however many years God gives us on the face of this earth. The Bible tells us that on this earth we are to live only as sojourners, as wanderers, as pilgrims. Pilgrims who are looking for that better country, that country of God, that city of the Almighty, where there shall be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more coughing even in church. No more death. But everything shall be replaced with peace and happiness and perfect health and eternal love. And even God will be there 
and he shall wipe away every tear from our eyes. Our home, ladies and gentlemen, is where you and I will spend eternity. And that's a long, long time. And in this passage that Matthew gives us that took place on that first Easter morn, it says that the women who knew that they would see Jesus when they got home, they began to run. Not walk, but run, mind you, to tell the disciples where they could find him back home in Galilee. And they themselves, I think, they were going home to pack their suitcases and go to Galilee so that they could see him too. When the record tells us, lo and behold, as they went running, Jesus came and met them and said, Hail! And what the eternal word of God says to me in that passage is that when we are heading for our eternal homes, whether we are running or whether we are walking, either when we get there or on our, or are on our way, Jesus Christ in his resurrected form will come again and he will come and meet us. The Bible says that on that day of resurrection there will be a great trumpet call. The trumpet shall sound. And Jesus will come and say, Hail! And every last person who has ever lived or will live, you and me, we will be raised up according to our order. Whether we are living or whether we are dead, on that day we shall be resurrected in the life after life. And for those individuals who in this life have called Jesus Christ their King and have felt that they have been a part of His kingdom and marched to His orders, those individuals who have accepted by grace the gift of God's Saviorhood through Jesus Christ and know that their sins are forgiven, those individuals who have invited Jesus the Lord of all life, to come into their individual lives. Those individuals who have seen in Jesus the power to believe that He is the Son of God. Those people will be welcomed by this resurrected Lord. Those individuals shall hear the trumpet sound and the music will be reveille. And those of us shall go to be with Jesus. We shall go to the house of many mansions. We shall be reunited with all of those loved ones who in Jesus have died. And we shall be together in that ever-widening circle of family and friends with God, with Jesus Christ, and with all who have seen in Christ that He is the living Son of God. But for those individuals on that resurrection morn who, in this life, did not call Jesus King, nor accepted his Saviorhood or his Lordship, and merely thought of him as another man and not the Son of God, those people shall hear the trumpets sound and the music will be tops, and they shall go to their eternal resting place, to that place where God is absent, and that is hell. I know that Easter is happy time. We get together in families. We fill our churches. This is the time to sing the triumphant hymns and to feel good and want to hear sermons that, that, that help. But it is my responsibility as a modern-day messenger of the Easter eternal story is to remind you and myself 
all of us on this glorious, happy day when we are united with family and friends, that what we do today, what we say today, what we believe today, will determine where we shall make our eternal home and our actions, beliefs, and conversations today will be leading us to where we shall spend eternity. Now that may make some of you leave here today discouraged, some of you disgruntled, some of you a little bit upset. But if you, even on this day, accept this Jesus, this Jesus who God confirmed on Easter is truly being his Son of God, and don't you understand, ladies and gentlemen, there's absolutely nothing more that God can give to us in proof. There's absolutely no more light that he can shed upon his evidence. Everything that he can give to us, he already has given to us in Easter. And we either believe it now or we don't believe it. But if you believe, he's the Christ, the King who came down, the Savior who went out, the Lord who still enters in, the Son who is up. And you can leave this place uplifted. You may leave this place with a sense of the power of the resurrection. You may leave this place even on this dark day, realizing that God's sun shines upon you. And you can leave here with the glorious affirmation of glorious gleaming truth shining from your eyes, your heart, and from the joy in your step, knowing that in Jesus Christ, you have life, and you have life everlasting. Thanks be to God, who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, and who gives us that victory today, even before the day of our resurrection. not allow Christ to die in vain, and may we not allow this Easter day to pass without us realizing who he is and who we are meant to be. Thank you, Father, and give us the power of the resurrection. And now may the grace, mercy, and peace of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be and abide with you now and forevermore, until we meet together on the other side. Amen. Amen.